Hello, Saubona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing this morning? Oh, okay. Even better. This thing will happen. Um, yeah, so I've, I've already learned um, a lot this morning, having been in church. I learned um, through worship. Um, I also learned that moms can tell dad's jokes too. <laughs> Um, so that's just a note for you that uh, you don't only learn during the preach when you're in church. There's a lot to learn. Um, <laughs> amen. Yeah. Um, so we, we're carrying on with our discipleship um, series. And um, today the message I want to preach is called Never Surrender. So Never Surrender. It sounds like a 300 movie. Um, and, and I'm sure all the men... The, the, all the men well, there is a men's thing going around on social media, so okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we've been talking about discipleship um, for the past, how many weeks has it been now? Four. This is week five, yeah. Uh, we've been talking about discipleship, uh, discipleship um, about being disciples, what it means to be a disciple, um, and, and, and what, it, it, what it calls out of us, you know. Um, so a discipleship is someone who follows Christ, um, who fishes for, for men or for other believers and who fellowships um, with other believers. So you, when, we, when we are called into discipleship, we're not only just called um, to follow Christ, but we're called to fellowship with others. Um, and that fellowship element of it is very important. Um, yeah, so as we've been going through the, through the series, we've spoken about the Biblical Foundations course. Um, which is a great tool that you can use um, to disciple people or to, for yourself to grow in the Lord. Um, so if you haven't signed up for that, um, feel free to do it. It's free. Um, yeah, we love freebies, don't we? Yeah, so you, you, you better get there before we start charging. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so it's online on our Every Nation, um, Every Nation Durban um, website. And if you just register there and, yeah, then you can, you can go to grow and then you'll be able to sign up to do the biblical foundations course. So if you haven't done it, uh, feel free to do it. Um, and also we can coach. So if you've done it and you're discipling people and you want to know how to take people through the biblical foundations course, you can also sign up in the same place, um, to, to be a coach and to work with others as they go through the biblical foundations course. Um, as they learn, um, you help them um, to walk and to transform better. Amen. Amen. Um, so, why are we talking about discipleship? Um, I know a lot of us are, are Christians here. Um, some of us are still kind of maybe deciding or, you know, like, to where, like how deep do we go in this thing? And... I think having looked at, at, at people or at, at us as, as, as Christians, as people who call themselves Christians, you know, because there's, there's always this distinction that's made um, between those who say when they're writing, maybe when they're filling in forms, they tick the Christian box, and those who actually live like Christ. And I think the, the, the discipleship um, word uh, comes in there very heavily in that there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, um, but when people look at them, they wonder, is this really a Christian? Um, you know, they have these question marks about them. Um, and, or or they, might, they might think they have the, 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 the Christian definition totally wrong. You know, like, okay, so I thought I knew this is what Christians were, but what's happening with this person? You know, so um, one of the biggest um, challenges we have um, in the Christian faith or as believers is not that people don't know the truth, um, but it's actually how to live out the truth. You know, um, So that is the importance of, of discipleship because discipleship is that process of growth 
um, the process of becoming more like Christ. Um, and so it's, it's, it's vitally important. It's vitally important not only for us in our own personal lives, but it's vitally important because um, we are called to be like Christ and to be the lights of the earth. Um, so if we are lights, um, that means when the way that we live our lives, the way that we live our Christianity um, needs to point people to Christ, it needs to show people um, the heart of Christ and who he is and how he is. You know? Um, yeah, so as we, as we get in today, um, we, we're going to talk more about why we should never surrender on this process. Why we should never give up on, A, ourselves, as we are being transformed day by day by Jesus, and why we shouldn't give up on helping other people along the journey. Because, like I said, discipleship is a call to fellowship. Um, fellowship is a belonging. It's being part of a family. It's being part of people. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I, was, I was asked to please ask the youth um, to please go to the kids area. Um, they, your, your church service is happening there this morning. Um, so for all the youth, um, if, you are, if you are youth, um, please um, get up right now and go to the, to the, um, to the kids zone outside. There we go. Thank you. Um, so as they go up, can we just um, stand um, to read the word? Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. All of us know this. Um, so it's actually Matthew 19. Can we just read it together? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things as I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, until the end of age. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you that as we come into the word, that your word is true and that your word is powerful and that your word has the, the, the divine power to change our lives, Father God. And as we come in before you today, as we lay at your feet, we thank you, Father God, that you'll wash us, that you'll make us whole, and that you'll grow us, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, so that scripture um, talks about going, um, which is... Which is um, reaching out to other people. It talks about discipleship, which is the process of transformation. Um, and it also talks about fellowship, be- belonging. Um, you know, so when, when we baptize people, it's actually a symbolism of, of, of us uh, crossing over into this new life with Christ. Um, but it's also an ordinance of coming into a family um, of believers where, where, where we come in and we belong. Um, so, so, so this morning, as we talk about um, discipleship, um, let's remember that we're talking about our own. We're talking about those of the family. Um, and there's an African proverb which says, umuntu <laughs> agalash. Um, so, so that means like you can't throw away a person. And closer, it, it would go like this. So there's no bin where you can throw away people. <laughs> you know, um, so, so, so this discipleship process is, is not an easy one. You know, um, it, 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 it can be difficult, it can be hard, it can be frustrating, um, not only for ourselves who are undergoing the process, but it can be difficult for those who are trying to help us, um, those who are discipling us. Um, and, and there's a scripture in Acts 7, verse 60. Um, it says, Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. asleep. Um, so this is a guy who was being martyred. Um, so basically they were stoning him to death, they were killing him um, for, for his faith. 
And as this was happening, his heart was, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And, and so often, I think this, this should be our heart and this should be our, yeah, this should be our posture as we are walking with other people in Christ. That, Lord, do not charge them for this sin because people will offend you. You know, when people, when, when someone doesn't have Christ or someone doesn't know Christ or they're still getting to know Christ and we're still in this process, um, we, we will offend. <laughs> uh, it's not a, it's not an if, it's a when. You know, so when the offense comes, our heart's posture should be, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Um, I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know if you, if you maybe know what I'm talking about. Maybe just to give an example. Um, have you ever thought about what it would have been like to disciple Samson? You know, you know Samson in the Bible. Um, the, that guy, that guy was is wild, man. Like I don't even know how to how to how to start. But he he was he was starting fights everywhere, um, hitting people with donkeys' bones. Um, he was. Man, man, Samson was a, he, he, he was going around getting married to, to people he shouldn't be getting married to. Um, and, and you know, like, he, he, he was a, he was a handful, he was a wild guy. Um, but there's one thing that was there with Samson is he really believed in God. Um, throughout his, his entire life, throughout his entire, um, time of being wild and reckless and whatever he was doing, he really believed in God. Um, and so that's, that's just the one ingredient that we need. Someone who believes in God. Um, he believed in God, but then it, it, it must be really frustrating to be walking with him and be thinking, man, like, Samson, but we spoke about this. You, you had that other wife. You remember that other wife? And, and, and things didn't go well there. And you, you took her from the wrong tribe and she didn't have, she didn't share your faith. And because of that, there were a lot of problems in your marriage. Um, next time you need to do better, champ. Samson's like, yeah, yeah, next time I'll do better. And then Samson sends another girl and she's like, oh, I like that one. <laughs> but Samson, is she safe? Samson, is she, is she, uh, Samson likes that one. Samson's going to get that one, you know? <laughs> um, so, so this process, process of transformation happens really over our lifetimes. Um, so, so sometimes when we think about um, this, the, we think about Christianity, we think about when we first come in and say, yes, I believe in God, and you pray the, the salvation prayer. Um, but there's a lot that unravels after that. Um, and it doesn't take one person to walk with you in your lifetime. So we are all still in the process of discipleship. I'm still in a process of discipleship. I'll tell you about what it looked like at the beginning. At the beginning, it was so much harder. At the beginning, um, I, well, I had a, this radical encounter with Christ. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That means I need to go to church. But then in my mind, I'm like, no, no, no. I'll go to church, but I'll still carry on living my life. You know, and then some people speak to me in church. I, li- I listen to a couple of messages, and then I decided, uh, maybe I should ditch the other things that I've been wanting to do and kind of focus on this church thing. You know, but then it wasn't easy for me to just do that, to just switch off like all the habits and everything else that I was doing. Um, and then there was there was a guy um, called Raul, and he kept on like. He kept on like inviting me to a connect group. He's like, come to a connect group, come to a connect group. I'm like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. You know, so he invites me in church. And in church, I've got this persona, this thing that, okay, yeah, I need to be, look like I'm the, I'm the deal, you know. Whereas inside I know, uh, not really happening. You know, so, so Raul keeps coming to me and saying, yes, come. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll come. He tells me the time, he tells me the place. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. And then I go home, I do my stuff, I forget about Connect Group. Raul calls me without fail. Uh, sometimes he send me an SMS and remind me, and then he'd call me. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> and then I would not pitch. And then, so, so this happened for, for a lot of Sundays. I, I don't think it was even one month. And I was there at church every Sunday. And Raul was there without fail every Sunday telling me, guy, come to Connect Group. <laughs> 
And me, I'm like, I never told him no. And how frustrating is that? You know, I, I, I always imagine it would have been much better for him if I would just told him, you know what, man, I don't think I want to go there. You know, so he knows what he's dealing with. But Raul, bless his soul, he never um, lost um, his cool with me. Never really showed me he was frustrated. Maybe he was. Um, you know, but he just kept on inviting me and inviting me and trying to get me into church and trying to get me into, sorry, into Connect Group. Um, and eventually I went, you know. And the reason why I went is not because I suddenly saw the reason for me to go. Um, it's because I got tired of, of, of the poor guy. And, and I felt bad. I felt bad for him. I'm like, shame, man, this guy. Like, I, I put myself in his shoes for two seconds and I was like, you know what? If this guy is, just keeps on, maybe I should just go to this thing. You know, maybe if I go once, maybe he'll, he'll stop. <laughs> you know, maybe after that one time, he just wants me to go that one time. So I went, uh, this one time, it was Ayanda's Connect Group. Where's Ayanda? Hello. <laughs> So, so Ayanda was leading this connect group. So there's my connect group leader over there. That's the first guy um, who, who started discipling me. Um, and, and, and so I, I get into connect group. Yeah, I learn a lot. I get to know the guys. I get to realize that, man, this is a cool space because people are free here. And I was used to a culture where, as guys, we don't talk about our stuff with guys. We keep it here, surface. And then when we, when, and then when we get to, when we get to ladies, uh, who are softer and more, well, you're softer spoken, that's where we, 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 we offload everything. You know? <laughs> so that was my, that was my teaching, that was the culture I, was, I grew up around, so, so that's what I was doing. But then I got there and I, I realized, man, this is, this is different. Um, I've never been in a space like this before. And these guys were talking about real things, real struggles that they were going through. And for me, it was such a culture shock. Observing and listening, you know. And I was realizing that the stuff that I'm going through, all these um, emotions and, 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 and challenges that I'm going through about changing and, and walking this Christian life, these guys are also going through them, you know. Um, and then what happened was I, I was in that connect group and then I changed to being in Winston's connect group. But as I carried on walking in discipleship, my life started changing. You know, I started understanding the scriptures more. I started understanding um, what the sermons I was listening to more, like how to actually practically live them out. You know, which was the biggest um, thing that discipleship um, did in my life. Um, it's, it's, it took me from the theory of understanding this is the truth to this is how you walk it out. And, and, that's, and that's so important. Um, and so today as we, as we go through the sermon, I like to talk about lordship. I like to talk about repentance and I like to talk about um, accountability and a persistent prayer, persistent prayer life, um, or a prayer strategy. Um, so so these, these are a fundamental part of the transformation process for those we are discipling and for ourselves as well. Um, and, and these are by no means easy things. Um, the first thing is, is lordship. In Luke 6, verse 46, it says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things which I say. So that's one of the first walls you get confronted with when you get into scripture. Is that it's, 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 it's all easy to give your life because, well, you, you're just giving your life. You're just saying, yes, I believe. Um, but then that commitment leads you to now having to, to have a Lord. To have someone who is over your life, who is an authority over your life, who you have to submit to, you have to submit your words to, who you have to submit your, your thoughts to, you have to submit your actions to. I don't know about you, but that's difficult. <laughs> you know? Um, and so at the beginning, it, 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 it's much harder to do that. Um, which is why it's so helpful to have someone who's there encouraging you. Like I had Raul there. It's like, okay, um, 
So, so what I was doing at the beginning is I was in fellowship. I wasn't belonging. I wasn't part of the family. You know, so what he did in my life is he slowly showed me that there's an importance in not just coming to church and being by yourself, but assimilating, becoming part of us. You know, and, and knowing what's going on in our lives and knowing um, how we can help you or knowing how you can help us. You know, so that's, that's one of the first things that he did. But, yeah, so lordship means submitting under the authority of Christ. It means um, doing what he asks us to do. And sometimes we, we can grow frustrated um, when, when we've got people who are like a bit like Samson or a bit like me who, who don't want to, to start doing it. <laughs> Or even when they start to do it, they do it well, like maybe for, for, for two days, and then later on, it's just disappeared. You're like, how? What's going on? Um, and then the other thing is repentance. Repentance, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, so repentance is not sinning and saying sorry, but it's a paradigm shift. It's changing your mind um, to align with God's heart and to align with God's mind. Um, so repentance is, a, is, that, is that process of you changing the way you think, the way you speak, the way you do things. You know, so that's also an important part um, of, of this transformation that happens when we get discipled. Um, and then accountability as well is a pivotal one. James 5 verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, so there's also a power in, in, in living a transparent life. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a popular saying in, in, in our generation uh, on this generation that says I'm living my truth but what accountability calls us to is to live in God's truth and, and the distinction is very important because living your truth depends on whatever you decide or it can depend on whatever you feel like is right but living God's truth means living what is right and so when we so when we start living God's truth, it, it calls us to a higher standard of living. It calls us to a, a higher morality or a, a, a higher, um, yeah, higher ethics um, than those that are around us. You know, because sometimes we can look at people that we consider good in our lives and we say, okay, that's like the bar that I'm setting. Um, but God has a much higher bar that we are all going for. So as we are accountable to one another, as we are going after God's truth and living God's truth and living a transparent life, um, that's, that's, that's some of the process that will get us to becoming more like Christ. Um, but like I'm saying, it's a difficult thing. It's not an easy process. So we need to be patient with ourselves. Uh, we need to be patient with ourselves first. Um, and we need to be patient with those that we're walking with. Um, those who we, we're helping um, navigate this journey of faith, navigate this Christianity. Because at the end of the day, um, we are all called to become more like Christ. And that is such a big calling. That is such a big honor. Um, but we have to go through some, some shape, reshaping. We have to go through some uh, metamorphosis. You know, and we and we have bones. Like my, my daughter is growing right now, and as as I'm reading um, up on her growth, um, so she part of the part of her development is that she's um, her her bones first they grow, and then they also strengthen, and and and, and I was reading that um, that process of her bones actually growing. Um, in her body as she's growing taller and bigger and she needs to support more of her weight and she starts walking, um, that that process is actually painful for her. You know, it's a painful process that she's going through. She's also like um, growing teeth and that's also causing um, some discomfort and pain in her life. Um, but if you think about 
her bones, um, those bones set a good structure for her. Um, they're the ones that make sure that she can stand and that she can walk and she can balance. And then she's got teeth. Ah, Lord, thank you for teeth. Because I love food. <laughs> and imagine how hard it would be to eat the food or to get the succulents and the juiciness and everything from the food if we didn't have teeth. You know, but it, 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 it's, it's, such a, it's such a necessary process that she's, the processes that she's undergoing. Um, but they take her through some discomfort. They take her through some pain. Um, and so this is what happens when this disruption of discipleship comes into our lives. That it causes us to, to, be, uh, to have some discomfort, to go through some pain. But that pain is temporary. And, and, and the promise... Um, that awaits us at the end of it is so much greater and is so much more glorious. So I'd just like to encourage us that as we pursue lordship, that we look at Jesus' commandments as not just divine um, suggestions, but as things that we need to do. As, as, as life-changing um, words and, and, and practices and principles and values that come into our lives and make us better and make us who God has wanted us to be. As we go through this process of repentance, um, as, we, as we forget everything we knew, and as we hold on to what Jesus is, is, is giving us and telling us, um, we remember that what is at stake um, is, is, is not just it, it, it's, it's, it's not just our own lives, but it's also the lives of others who are watching us. You know, and a lot of people get discouraged only by looking at Christians from being Christians. Because maybe for them they've never been in a church. Or they, yeah, the church is not what they do. So when they look at Christians and they look at people who call themselves Christians, they're like, yeah, I think I'm fine. Or this person goes to church every Sunday, but there's nothing that they do that I don't do. Or there's nothing that I do that they don't do. So, I mean, what's the point of me going to church? So becoming more like Christ is pivotal because Christ is our example. Ultimately, he is our example. But for those who don't know him, then we can stand in that gap and be an example for them. And I'm not saying now that you are the be-all and end-all. And don't let that put pressure on you, but that's just how it is. And also this accountability, this living, this life of, of freedom. We're called to a life of freedom and it comes through accountability. It comes through um, confessing our, our, our sins to one another. You know, It means being real and being vulnerable with people around us. Um, that's not an easy thing. In the culture that we live in, um, it's hard to trust people, um, especially with things that are really close to your heart. It's hard um, to, 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 to even talk, even when you have the right people. You know, you might have known them for years, but it might still be hard to talk about that one big thing that is really holding you back. But I want to encourage you that as the scripture says, that if you confess our trespasses or our sins to one another... We will be healed. And this healing is not just talking about um, just, uh, just being healed from whatever sin that you're going through, um, but it also talks about a physical healing. Because sometimes sin does bring sickness into our lives, like physical sickness. So what happens is through this process of transformation and discipleship, we can be free. We can be healed. And not just a, a spiritual healing, not just an emotional healing, but a physical healing as well. Um, one more thing I want to uh, talk about is the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and catching on to the power of the Holy Spirit as our lives are being transformed. When, when Jesus was departing, he said we must go and make disciples of all nations. But he said one thing, Lo, I'm with you always. That is the promise that he had. And because now he's gone and he's sitting at the right hand of God, he said, I will not leave you alone. I will leave you with a helper. 
So it's very important to call on the person of the Holy Spirit as a helper, as a counselor, or a person who gives us advice. Um, because sometimes we, we find ourselves in situations and we don't know how to act or what to do. I've I, I found myself in such situations so often, but then uh, something comes out of my mouth which is so profound, which in that moment, it feels so natural, and then when I walk away, I step back and I'm like, um, where did that come from? <laughs> it's, a, it's a combination of the lordship, of the repentance, and, and that living truth. So what happens is, as my mind is transformed, as I'm reading the word, the word is deposited into my spirit, into my heart, and it's there. But I'm a human and I forget. So when I encounter situations where the word is relevant, the Holy Spirit highlights it and brings it out. And in that situations, I know what to do. I know what to say. I know what not to think or what not to say. So it's very important um, that we, we walk with the Holy Spirit. And not only just walking with the Holy Spirit, by walking with the Holy Spirit prayerful. Um, Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11 says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy that scripture just really captures how our hearts should be for one another how our hearts should be for ourselves as god is changing us as god is making us more like himself that we do not cease to pray for you so when Samson is going around and he's messing up and he's doing all of these things, don't cease to pray for him. When you are disappointing yourself and you're falling into that habit that you thought, you know what, Lord, I'll never do it again. Never cease praying for yourself. Never cease getting other people around you to pray with you and for you. Because that is how we win. That is how we fight our battles. That is how we conquer. And this scripture talks about the fruit and the wonderful growth um, that we filled with knowledge and wisdom and, and, and increase in, you know, in fruitfulness and patience and joy and love. This is all a, a labor of, 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 of love, uh, a labor of patience and long-suffering. And, and, we, and we need to have that posture of being able to wait on God. And, and you will have frustration don't get me wrong. Um, let's laugh a little bit this morning. Um, think about all the times that Jesus was frustrated with his disciples. <laughs> There's a lot. If, if, you've don't, if you don't know, if you've forgotten, I'll, I'll just give you a couple. Um, there was a time where there was a storm and he was sleeping. Now, who knows that it's not nice to be woken up, especially violently when you're sleeping. Like you want someone to wake you up slowly, like, ah, please wake up. You know, like, like you want it to be nice. You want the transition to be nice. You don't want someone shaking you or pouring water in your ear, which is what my sisters used to do with me when I was growing up. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> um, but, but they woke him up in his sleep. He was sleeping peacefully, probably tired. This guy preached a lot. He was all over the place talking to so many people. And if you know anything about being in ministry, is that when people want to talk to you is they have heavy needs and they have heavy problems. So he must have been tired and sleeping there and the guys are like, Hey, Jesus, we're dying. <laughs> and what's his response? His response wasn't like, oh, guys, don't worry, everything is going to be fine. Because that's what we think we as disciple makers always need to be like. We think we always need to be, oh, no, nice, and, oh, no, guys, this is, 
No, no, no. He's the guys. Come on. Where's your faith? You know, where's your faith? I'm I'm busy sleeping here. Don't you know? What have, what have I been teaching you all this time? Do you not still not get it? And then he's like, okay, storm, quiet. And then he continues to sleep. <laughs> so this other time he leaves them. So he's like, okay, guys, um, I've, I've, got my, I've got my people here. I've been training them. I've been walking with them. These are the guys. You know? So he leaves, he goes, and he does other things. And so this one time he comes back, there's a crowd, um, there's quarreling, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a boy who, who hasn't been healed, um, but then people have asked his disciples to heal him, but he's still not healed. So Jesus walks into the situation and he's like, hey guys, what's going on? Why is the quarreling? Why is the shouting? And then they're like, um, these disciples of yours, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a boy, um, he needs to be healed. And then the healing hasn't happened, you know, because, I mean, your disciples haven't been able to do it. So now the scribes and the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of those days, were like busy talking to the disciples. I don't know what they were saying. Maybe they were saying, yeah, I knew your church is a fake. Um, and, and, and I knew this God of yours that you, 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 you teaching doesn't work. You know, don't we feel like that sometimes? <laughs> When we've, when we've had these people that are mentoring us or, or walking us through uh, as, we, as, we, as we grow in our faith. And there's certain things that they do so easily as if it's part of who they are. And they've been teaching us these things and we've been observing them. But then now comes a moment and then sometimes we, we, we can't live up to that moment. And sometimes we feel that, that, that the weight and we feel like, oh man, maybe, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I'm not this. So, so what does Jesus do? He doesn't come and be like, ah oh, guys, sorry, you know what, these guys, they're still learning. And he's like, oh faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Hey. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine, you're probably already feeling like, ah, it's not happening. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And then he, he proceeds to heal um, the boy and, and everything is fine. But then I'd like us to fast forward to these very same disciples a couple of um, books later in the book of Acts and see the same people and what they can do. When you look at um, how many people now they were healing, when you look at now their faith, and when you look at what they could do, this is just this, this just shows us that if someone believes in God and they want to live for Him. And they've given their lives and they've given their time and they've given their resources to becoming more like Christ, committed to this process of discipleship, that God can do great and mighty things with you and through you. That you can reach the heights that you, even when you, when you, when you think about them, you're like, ah, that will never happen. Nah, that, that's not me. You know, imagine the stuff that these guys had to go through. Like, uh, I, I could go on for, for, for a long time. There's a, like, the, there was a time where, where Peter thought he was being, was being spiritual. And, 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 and he answered when Jesus asked a question. You know? Um, and he was like, you are not going anywhere, Jesus. You know, nothing is going to happen to you. Not if I'm around. What was Jesus' answer? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> and, and I think the lesson we, we must learn from, from Jesus' responses is not be, be nasty to the people you're discipling. It's don't coddle or over-coddle the people that you're discipling. Don't treat them like eggs. Um, be real with them. Speak as a, as a man would speak to another man, as a woman would speak to another woman, as if you're speaking to another adult, fully functioning. Um, and yeah, so 
that, that, that is the biggest lesson which Jesus um, shows us, is that he, he, wanted his disciples, he wanted his disciples to know that I see so much more in you, and that there's so much more that you can do. And I'm willing to sit here and show you how it's done. I'm willing to sit here and walk with you through it. But at some point, you need to come up to the level where I'm at. And so I'm going to keep on giving you opportunities, or life is going to keep on giving you opportunities to stand up for yourself and show this, this transformation or show these values that, that Christ has taught you. So sometimes it won't really happen. It's fine. I'll come back and I'll show you again. I'll come back and I'll tell you again. But there must come a time where you practice enough that you can walk on your own. There comes a time where as disciples we lay hands on people and we, and we ask God to heal them and the healing doesn't come. What do we do? Do we surrender? Do we give up? Do we stop doing it? Maybe this healing thing doesn't work. Sometimes that's what we do. We, we, we realign our theology in our minds. Maybe this was only for the disciples that Jesus was walking with. Maybe this is also only for certain people. Maybe only certain people can heal and not everyone. Maybe I'm not called to heal or, 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 or you know, to, to lay hands and heal others. I'm just making that healing example. There's countless things that God calls us into. So pray for one another. Hold on to the Holy Spirit and He's there. And he will help us. Why don't you just stand to your feet? We're about to close. First Corinthians verse three to six. I was sorry, first Corinthians three verse six to eight. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither he who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So I spoke about discipleship being a process. And in our lifetime, we, we never graduate from it. So it's, we, we, we grow from level to level of understanding and authority in spiritual matters, but we don't graduate from being disciples of Christ. So, and we'll have multiple people walking with us intently and deliberately through our lives. So that's what the scripture is talking about. That Paul is saying, I planted, someone else watered, but it's God who gives the increase. So we trust in Him, and we, and we, and we, and we, and we rely on Him. So whether it's for yourself and your own spiritual growth, or whether it's for those people that you're walking with, it's God who gives the increase. It's not up to how often we call them, even though calling them is good. It's not up to praying, uh, how much we pray, how you, all of these things. All of these things are good, but it's God who gives the increase. So there's no amount of, 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 of energy that we can do or, or spend which will guarantee success, so to speak. It's all in God's heart. So we lay everything before Him. And it's in His power. And we should have a confidence in this. Um, Philippians 1.6 says Being confident on this very thing That he who has begun a good work in you Will complete it until Jesus Christ Are we confident That God will complete what he has started in our lives Are we confident That God will continue And will complete what he has started In other people's lives that we are walking in With that needs to be our confidence. Our confidence need not lie in our power of persuasion or, or how, how well we facilitate meetings. That can aid, that can help us. 
But at the end of the day, as we pray, as we go after, and, and, and like I'm saying, this is a lifelong thing. Jesus was with his disciples for a while. <laughs> they didn't have everything right. They had some stuff going, which was good, but they didn't have everything right. But he carried on with them. And that's the patience we need with ourselves. That's the patience that God has for us. The heart of the Father is to forgive them for they do not know what they do. And that ought to be our hearts and our attitudes. In those places where we're frustrated, in those places where we hurt, in those places where we're despondent, that needs to be our heart. Where people have offended us. You know, offense will, will come. But it's up to us how we take it and what, how we process it and what we do with it. Offense can kill the call of God over our lives to disciple others. Or it can perpetuate it. It can make us more determined. It can bring us to an understanding of, oh, okay, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for a marathon. This is not a sprint. And this is a person. This is not a computer or an object that I can just maneuver and, 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 and put together quickly. I'd just like to pray for us quickly and then I'll call up the polls um, to come in and, and wrap up for us. Father, we thank you um, for your heart. We thank you, Lord that your heart of compassion, your heart of, of love, of unconditional love, Father God, that we, we mess up, we, we offend, we, we do things in our ignorance that if we, if we knew better, we wouldn't do. We thank you, Lord, that as your word finds us, as we submit to your lordship, as we come in around others, Father God, in accountability and prayer, that lies are exposed in our lives and truth comes out, that we change and that you transform us and that you are patient with us and that you teach us to be patient with one another and to love one another unconditionally like you love us. And so, God, we pray that in those places of, of frustration and whatever else might have um, come in our lives, that you will just come in, Father God, and do a work that only you can do, that you will bring an increase, Father God, that you will bring a healing, that you will bring a restoration, that you will bring a power and an anointing to come, Father God so that we can overcome everything that stands in our way, so that we can become more like you, Father God, so that we can live out the purpose that you have called us to. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, Mac, for that wonderful word. There was such truth in that. And just a few things, church, that God laid on my heart just to share. Let's remember that it's His Spirit that empowers us. It's His Spirit that empowers us to be disciple of Jesus and to make disciples. So we don't have to worry about doing it in our own strength. We don't have to worry about, you know, what do I say to this person? How do I share the love of God? How do I share the truth? When you are submitted to His Spirit, His Spirit takes over and does the rest. And I also just feel to... You know, just encourage those of us that are going out and, and making disciples. And it's sometimes not easy. You know, it's, it's sometimes tedious. You know, it's hard. But he promises to be with us. He promises to equip us. He promises to empower us. And his word says that as we refresh others, we ourselves will be refreshed. So there may be moments where, you know, you, you don't feel like you have the energy. You don't feel like you have the time. 
But in obedience, you step out. You step out in faith and you do it and you see how God refreshes you. You see how He gives you the energy. He gives you the strength to do what you need to do. He gives you the, the time management to manage your time well and to do all that you need to do. And that's the faithfulness of our God. And He also says, seek first His kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So, you know, even the natural things that we desire, the natural things in our business, the natural things in our family life, he knows the desires of our hearts. So seek his kingdom first, pursue his kingdom first, and he will take care of that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that it's fallen on good soil. We thank you that uh, we will bear much fruit from the word that's been shared. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Be present in our week. Be present in our day. Show us the... Uh, let us be led. Let us be um, encouraged to pray for those that we have uh, had on our just ones or those that you have led us to. Let us not grow weary, Father God. Let us continue to lift them up in prayer regardless of how we feel regardless of how many times we've invited them, continues to bring these people to our remembrance, we pray, Father God, so that, Father, we can see your kingdom transformed. We can see these people coming into your kingdom. We can see, Father God, new souls coming into the kingdom of God. We pray that we'll be your hands. We pray that we'll be your feet, your ears to the, uh, to the nations of the earth, Father God. Church, we just, we just bless you. We pray that the Lord bless you that he makes his face shine upon you, that he lifts up his countenance upon you, and that he gives you his peace this week. May you walk in his peace that surpasses your understanding, but it guards your heart and your mind to focus on Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining Church Online. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you... Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.